You are listening to the Balkan Bread Podcast. This is a podcast created to connect diaspora worldwide by sharing each other's stories. everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Balkan Bread podcast. My name is Amina and thank you guys so much for being here. So we are kicking off the new year with more episodes. I'm trying to upload weekly which hopefully is going to happen. So far we are doing very well on that track. So really the purpose of this podcast is to highlight other diaspora and other people who are doing really cool things in their communities, people who are in different career paths. So they might not have their own business, but they're working, you know, in something that could benefit, I don't know, a younger listener, that kind of thing. So that is the point of the podcast. And if you're ever interested in being featured or you know someone that would like to be on an episode, we will have some more information um, at the end just to kind of um, direct you to that. Basically, you would just send us an email and that's how that would go. So Super excited for today's episode because we are going to be talking about something that I really don't know much about prior to this conversation, other than the time when I was getting my own insurance for my car, which I believe was last year or two years ago now, almost two years ago. And I actually called our guest to um, help me out with this because I was totally clueless. So. I'm sure she's going to have some more advice on other types of insurance. Um, There's a lot to, I guess, cover in the episode. So I'm super excited to have my friend Armina Yakovic here on the podcast. Welcome, Armina. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We're super excited to hear a little bit more about your story. So Do you mind just introducing yourself, telling us a little bit about where you're from, where you're living now, and what you do? So my name is Armina Yakupovic. Um, I'm from Shefa in Bosnia, and I'm currently living in Dekula, Georgia, which is just almost an hour outside of Atlanta. Um, I am currently an insurance agent, and I've been an insurance agent about four years now. Awesome. Very exciting. Thank you for that introduction. And I guess we'll talk a little bit more about how you first started selling insurance. Was this something that happened by accident or was it something that you kind of saw yourself doing from the get-go? So I was actually in college at the time. Um, I was working as an office manager at a dental office and I actually called out of work one day to go to a job fair um, because I'm such a good employee. (laughs) After the job fair, um, my best friend and I, we went to just different businesses and we left our resumes. Um, I was just honestly ready for a change. I wanted to do something where I could just learn something new every day and just something that would kind of pave what I wanted to do in the future as well. 
So I happened to walk into an American Family Insurance Agency and I left my resume. I didn't really think much of it. Um, a few weeks later, I got a message from the agent and he actually lost my resume. So he found me over Facebook. Um, so after that, I went in for about two interviews and I was a bit intimidated because I realized that this is a position where you have to be a people person. Um, you have to be really outgoing and that wasn't really me at the time. I mean, I was a college student. I was just getting into my actual business courses. So I knew it would be a challenge. And I remember the agent telling me how I would need to get licensed. And I mean, that was a whole other course in itself outside of my college classes. Um, so I knew it would be challenging, but it's weird because I didn't really think twice about it. Um, I just knew I was ready for something else. So I just got home, told my parents about it. They were really supportive and I went ahead and started the licensing process and it really worked out for me. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's awesome. Were you in, I guess, your like last couple years of college or was this kind of in the beginning? It was actually right in the middle. So I started college in 2012 and I got this job in 2014. Oh, okay. I got you. That makes mm -hmm. sense. Awesome. So it's kind of like you're going into something blindly. And like you said, you didn't really you know, expect much of it. You just wanted to see what else was out there, which I think is awesome. And just hearing, you know, that part of your story, it really reminds me of a lot of my friends who in college, they were doing completely different things. And mm -hmm. now they're actually doing, um, they're not doing insurance, but they're doing real estate. And I think that's another kind of, um, I don't want to say trendy, but it's something that a lot of people are getting into <laughs> as well, just because it's really a thing where, like you mentioned, being a people person, you know, for that kind of job, you would want to be a people person as well. And also getting whatever certification that you need. And really after that, as long as you can, you know, find somewhere to work, or if you decide to um, go about it, the more independent route, then really it's kind of what you make of it, which I think is one of the advantages, I guess, to these kinds of jobs, because you do have a little bit more, um, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, because obviously this is not something I do. This is just what I've noticed, um, because quite a few of them have gotten into that. And, mm -hmm. you know, you do have the freedom of, you know, having your own schedule and stuff, but at the same time, there still is that risk because like, you can't predict, you know, what's going to happen with the market and stuff like that. So, um, the good thing, I guess, about insurance is that it's something that is always going to be kind of in demand. Um, everyone needs insurance. So, right. Um, I guess we'll kind of go into talking a little bit more about the day-to-day -day of your job. And I guess before we get into that, was it what you expected it would be? Or were you kind of like, oh my gosh, what did I get myself into when you first started? Well, when I first started, um, I was mainly, mainly doing customer service at the agency that I worked at. So just kind of adding vehicles for people, canceling policies, things like that. And then sort of more halfway into it, I started doing more of the sales side. And the agent that I worked for was very well established already. So it seemed like 
his entire business was purely referrals. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of under the impression, well, you open an agency and then people just start calling and then you just get referrals, you know? So I didn't realize how much marketing actually goes into it until I actually opened my own agency. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because you're seeing people who have been doing it for so long and right. kind of something where, like you said, word of mouth and just being referred by other clients that they've had. So that would be a dream, I guess, to get to that point, because then you aren't spending, I guess, maybe as much time on like traditional kind of marketing practices, um, just because you've already established that relationship with people and things like that. So, right, exactly. And then what's your favorite part of insurance? And what's your least favorite part of your job? So my favorite part is probably talking to clients and educating them on insurance coverage. Um, I think it's pretty crazy that a lot of us don't know what we're purchasing when we buy insurance. And I mean, honestly, if I never joined the field, I probably wouldn't know either. So it makes me really happy when I can teach someone something and their face just kind of lights up when they start understanding what it is that they're putting their money into. Um, and in that case, I feel like even if I don't actually sell them a policy, I still did my job in the sense that I educated them on, uh, on what they need and was able to offer some kind of advice when it comes to whatever current coverage they have. But I'm going to say my least favorite part is that I'm the middleman between the client and the company. So it can be tough when the client feels one way and then the company makes a decision that they may not favor and you're sort of stuck in the middle trying to keep the peace. So when it comes to claims or um, application denials, rates going up and things like that, you basically have to answer for that on behalf of the company. So sometimes that's just not fun, you know? Right, exactly. Because like you said, you're just the middleman, you're just delivering the message and it's not right. something where you have control over, you know, these different things and policies changing. But I think a lot of times the other person on the receiving end can, you know, feel that way. And they're like, well, you know, how come you can't change it? Or how come, you know, you can't really do something about it? And I remember even when I called you to get a quote for my car and everything, like I said, I was pretty clueless and I was just kind of looking at different companies and getting different quotes just because I would have to be um, on my own for the car insurance. And I remember getting a quote from you and I know you had said, you know, hey, I know this is kind of on the higher end, but there might be some other policies just because you're by yourself and you're not going to bundle it with um, like home insurance and things like that. It might be better to check out these other places, which I really appreciated that because I felt like you weren't, you know, just going and being like, I have the best deal. Like you gotta, you mm -hmm. know, not really pushy and like pressuring me to do it, which was nice because I had just gone through, you know, getting the car and being in the dealership with all of these pushy men, it was just really annoying. So it was refreshing to, you know, I had to do this last thing, you know, getting the insurance and I was like, okay, good. You know, this isn't going to be as crazy and as chaotic as getting the car. So yeah, that was definitely something that I appreciated, but going back to, I guess, educating people, I think that's really important. And you've done that a lot with social media, I've noticed. Um, I don't know if 
it's really become a thing in terms of like agents doing this, or if you're kind of paving the way for, um, I guess the insurance agent community on Instagram and you're also on TikTok. So do you wanna share a little bit more about that and just kind of how you're using social media to educate others and in turn just promote, you know, everything that you're doing? Yes, so on Instagram, I have a decent amount of highlights that just kind of go over auto home coverage, um, things that people need to look at when they are shopping. Um, my main thing through social media, uh, Facebook and Instagram is basically educating people. Um, my TikTok videos are a little more, I guess, for the insurance community. Um, I feel like I say the things that most agents are thinking, and I just try to bring like a positive, uplifting vibe to it, um, because I know that some people have a sour taste in their mouths about insurance companies, <laughs> but my main thing is that the agents, you know, we're, we're working for our clients. So Facebook and Instagram have definitely helped acquire more leads. Um, as we shift into more of this digital age, I find that it's really important to use social media for prospecting. I have seen a lot of agents using YouTube, um, just making videos and posting it to Facebook, just about coverage and things like that. Um, one thing that I try to do is also reach millennials or even people that, for example, might still be on their parents' insurance. Maybe they're too young to get their own policies or their parents just still pay their insurance for them. I want to be the person that they come to later on. So I feel like Instagram is a perfect place to kind of target those people because I feel like there's usually more of that younger audience on there. Um, unless I'm wrong, but that's what I get from it. Um, but TikTok has definitely helped me form business, um, business relationships with other agents. I've gotten some pretty decent agents that are in other states that handle different types of insurance. And then we all kind of refer clients back and forth. So I'm definitely liking the social media strategies. Yeah, and I think sometimes too, it can be kind of, um, I don't know, just like lonely. So it's nice to have that connection with other people who are doing the same thing that you're doing. And you all kind of have this overarching goal of what you're trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really powerful, especially how you mentioned, you know, referring clients back and forth to each other, depending on their location. I think that's awesome because I always tell people you never know who someone else knows and who they can connect you to. And right. I found that a lot, like even on Instagram and how we had started that uh, Balkan business group for women and mm -hmm. all these female business owners who a lot <laughs> of them maybe had seen each other on Instagram or they didn't even know that they existed. And so just right. creating this community of different accounts, I thought was really really cool because then in turn it was a safe space for people to kind of just like you know voice vent. their opinions yeah vent exactly <laughs> I, know, I know I used it to vent a few times so. <laughs> <laughs> definitely I mean and it's all I think it's all completely normal and natural especially mm -hmm. when you have your own business and you're doing something that is a little bit different than what other people are doing because you're ultimately dealing with different situations and different relationships that you're trying to build. And 
I think there is just a little bit more pressure put on us versus, you know, someone that's working a more traditional job because while you do have the, you know, underlying pressure of maybe management and your boss, right. things like that, you know, you probably aren't putting yourself out there on social media every day. You know what I mean? Like you're not going on, you know, Instagram stories and talking about something and trying to really, I guess, you know, ignite this connection and start a conversation with people, you know, not everyone can do that. So I think the fact that, you know, we're all willing to do that and put ourselves out there says a lot about it in itself. Because I mean, one thing about owning a business, like you were saying, you know, being a people person and talking and just being willing to connect people, I think so important, because if you're just in your own shell, like, thinking that you are going to generate all this income for yourself. Um, mm-hmm. like talking to anyone, it's like very unlikely. I don't know. <laughs> so. Right. And I, I also wanted to just bring up also just the thought of, you know, having to talk to other people and go up to other people and introduce yourself. Um, I heard, I think it was a quote and it just, it, it said something like, Sometimes you have to embarrass yourself for 30 seconds to get, I guess, something that you want out of a situation. And it reminded me of a time where um, there was a real estate expo. So one of my real estate friends and I attended and um, there was a lot of, it was kind of like a business expo, but all of the businesses there were basically aimed for real estate agents. So there were a lot of mortgage companies. But for me, it's great to have a mortgage broker that can send me referrals for home insurance. So I went up to all of the mortgage companies and just gave the brokers my card, let them know what I do and if they, um, to let me know if they can, if I can help them in any way. Um, And some of them were kind of like, what are you doing here? You know, like they just kind of looked like sideways. But a few of them actually ended up reaching out and I still get referrals from them to this day. So that was one of those things where you have to force yourself maybe to, you know, be in the conversation to be out there, but it pays off. So if it's 30 seconds of embarrassing yourself, why not? (laughs) Right, exactly. And I think that happens. I mean, you're never going to like at a networking event, like a lot of times, you know, you can't have just... I mean, you might have a pitch in the back of your brain, but a lot of times you like say something (laughs) when you approach that person, depending on who it is. Um, So I actually think that's a really smart strategy, though, because you're kind of um, looking for the overlap between the two and seeing where there's opportunity, where maybe people didn't recognize that before. Um, Because like, I mean, I don't know if that's a common strategy that's used or that's just something that maybe you thought of and was like, I'm going to try it and just see what happens. Mm -hmm. And it turns out to be beneficial because then you automatically have that recommendation and that word of mouth, like we were talking about earlier. So I think that helps with Um, just accountability and for anything like that now that we're on this topic when it comes to doing like home renovations or just these little projects like getting your car repaired like I always rely on um, like friend of a friend recommendations more than going online and like reading the reviews because 
there's always mm-hmm. going to be bad reviews or they're all going to be good. And you're like, are these real? I can't tell. So it really helps just to have someone be like, oh yeah, I use that company or, oh yeah, I worked with them and they were awesome. And immediately you feel more relieved and you're like, oh, okay, you know, I'm going to reach out to them versus just going into it kind of blindly and just finding, you know, a random person to quote your insurance kind of thing. So I do right. think it's, that's very it's, beneficial. It's basically like you trust your friend already. So whatever they um, refer, you're probably going to, you know, trust and go with it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So what are three things you wish people knew about what you do? Because I know you have quite the library of different stories (laughs) and experiences, which we don't have to get into all of them, but I guess three things, like maybe even three misconceptions that people think, you know, about insurance, but they aren't actually true. So So the first one for me is for everyone to know that purchasing insurance is an application. So for example, I represent farmers, but I'm not farmers, the company, you know, I'm my own agency. So when I have a client and they fill out an application, I submit that to farmers and then they say yes or no. And, you know, there are times when they'll deny someone and it's, it, it'll come as a shock to the client, but I think that everybody should just remember that when they're purchasing insurance, they're filling out an application and it can be approved or denied. Um, the second thing, there's no such thing as full coverage. <laughs> I stress this all the time. And that's just something where if somebody you know still doesn't understand that, they should just contact me directly on Instagram or something. My handle is at Yanukovych Agency. Um, so there's no such thing as full coverage. Stop saying it. And um, I also wish that people knew that insurance isn't a scam. Um, there was a specific time in my life where I was so blessed that I had insurance. And after that, I was just like, you know what? It's not a scam. <laughs> That's interesting too that you brought up about applying and, you know, the company can have the right to approve or deny you depending on, you know, all kinds of things. So um, very true. And it is essential. Like you were saying, it's not something that, you know, I mean, you could go without it, but yeah, probably not a good idea um, in a lot of instances. One thing that I heard um, when I first got into insurance, and I think I told you this when we were at breakfast, but the agent was like, the thing is, you know, people might not have money to buy food, you know, but they're, they're, they have to pay their car insurance. And sadly, that's so true, you know, so right. it's definitely right. an essential business. Yeah, exactly. For sure. For sure. And that's definitely something that's, you know, beneficial in that sense. So um, there we go with the misconceptions. So, okay, the next question, we kind of talked a little bit more about social media already. um, But I guess in terms of, you know, any kind of what's the right word that I'm looking for, I guess, like tangible results. And like, have you found that you're getting, you know, more clients um, by doing these Instagram educational posts and maybe, maybe not just clients, but more people asking for quotes. And I know TikTok, we kind of 
talked about um, in terms of that being more for the insurance community as a whole, but in terms of like Facebook and Instagram, you know, has that helped you acquire more leads versus just, you know, not being active on social media at all and kind of relying on those word of mouth recommendations? Yes, I think Facebook and Instagram definitely have helped. Um, one thing that I try to do on a daily basis is slip into people's DMs and just let them know, hey, you know, this is what I do. Let me know if I can help. And my main thing, like I said, is just educating people through media content. Um, I feel like nowadays with everything just being more digital, I mean, the first thing that anybody does is go online and look at reviews and things like that. Um, so whatever I can educate people with on my Facebook and Instagram, I'm just going to include it on there. That way they know that my first thing is to make sure that they're properly covered rather than just sell a product, you know? Right, exactly. Because you want to, like you said, make sure they're informed and not just, you know, not knowing what they're getting themselves into, I think is really important. And in turn, that makes you, you know, even more trustworthy for that person, um, which is really important because you know, whenever you're buying these kinds of things or making a big purchase, sometimes you can have this connotation where it's like, I'm spending a lot of money. Like, you know, is this person helping me? Or are they just in it for my money kind of thing when it's, you exactly. know, obviously completely different. But I think a lot of times that does happen, you know, in these different instances. So as a whole, what advice do you have for anyone out there who's, thinking of getting into the insurance world? I say this so often, and it's really all about the willpower. I mean, at the end of the day, you are in sales, which honestly means you have to work all that much harder. You have to take your work home with you. Everyone in your life basically becomes a potential client. So you have to differentiate yourself from being that annoying salesperson and just letting people know, hey, this is what I do and let me know if I can help. Um, it's definitely not easy. It hasn't been easy. Um, I mean, anyone in sales will say that. I'm sure you know how it feels as well. Uh, but my main piece of advice is just to be ready to market yourself to anyone and everyone because it's really all about marketing, word of mouth, referrals. And there's such a great opportunity with insurance and I haven't even taken full advantage of it yet, but I definitely feel like I'm on the right path and I'm happy to educate anyone thinking of going into the business. I think that's really great because sometimes people will feel the need to, I have no idea why, but I guess they just have a really big ego and they don't want to share information. And, you know, it comes to a point where it's like, if I know something that could be beneficial to someone, then I want to help them, you know, and maybe I don't give them 100% all the answers, but I definitely want to, you know, help guide them the right way. I'm not just going to completely ignore someone if they come to me for help or, you know, be like, I'm too good for that or stuff like that, which I have no idea why. And this is just a small percentage of people, I guess, but that's something that happens too. It's like, they just don't want to connect with you and talk to you and things like that. So, you know, having a mentor and being that person for someone, I think is very important. So if anyone's interested in, you know, contacting you for 
um, getting a quote or, you know, maybe they're interested in becoming an agent of their own, I will have all of the links um, to your social media down below. But if you want to go ahead and just give a little shout out to your handles, that way people know, you know, how to get in touch with you. Yes. So my Instagram and Facebook handles are at Yakupovich Agency. Uh, TikTok is Admina X Yakupovich. And my email is ajabo at farmersagent.com in case anyone needs to look over their current policy if they have any coverage questions. I mean, I can pretty much be reached at all of those, all of those places. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much, Armina, for being on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Awesome. And for everyone listening, if you are listening right now, definitely feel free to share this episode on Instagram. It's super easy. If you guys are listening on Spotify, you'll see a share button in the app and you can actually send it to Instagram stories, which is pretty cool. So if you do that, be sure to tag us. It's at Balkan Bread and that way we can see you're listening. And as always, we hope you guys have an amazing rest of your day whenever you're listening and we will see you on the next episode. Bye everyone.